to all God's people, this is Mordecai Joseph, we're now in lesson 89, and last time we're in uh, the book of Acts, chapter 21. Uh, let's uh, read again uh, verse 20, so we can have a continuity of the story. And in verse 20, Paul is standing before his own kinsmen, and he's coming to visit the church in Jerusalem, and this is the last time that he's coming to Jerusalem, and he's coming before the, the brethren, before the apostles, for the entirety of the congregation. And when he came from a long trip, where people, unfortunately, uh, were passing around a lot of lies about the Apostle Paul, that he's teaching against the law, contrary to the Torah of Moses, and contrary to circumcision, that is in terms of the Jewish community. And therefore, when he came to Jerusalem, this is what the Apostles uh, wanted to know. What is it exactly that he was preaching? And... They said that the brethren also were very zealous people, would like to know, because they did not uh, feel very comfortable with some of the lies that were going around. Of course, they didn't know whether they were true or lies, so they wanted to know from the apostle himself. And so in verse 20, we read, And they heard it when he told them about all the great works that Jesus Christ did among the nations, among the Gentiles. And when they heard it, they glorified the Eternal, that is, uh, actually, they glorified the Lord, which means the Adon, and they say to him, You see, brother, how many, many, many Jews there are who have believed, and they're all zealous for the Torah. In other words, many of the Jews that you, are, you have here in these congregations, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in the entirety of the land, and for that matter, everywhere else, where the majority of the of the believers who are still Jews, he said there are many of them who are very zealous for the Torah. But they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles. And he's not speaking about the Gentiles, he's speaking about the Jews. You are teaching all the Jews among the Gentiles to forsake Moses. And that's exactly what they've been preaching and began to preach from that time. Lying about the Apostle Paul, and those were members of the mystery of iniquity, pretending to be uh, true servants of uh, of God. And many of them were uh, just among the Jews who were trying to malign uh, the Apostle Paul because they did not understand what he was preaching. And so those things became a reality as time went by to the false church, to the counterfeit church. And to this very day, many people believe a lot of those lies that were being told by the Apostle Paul. And so here the Apostles are clarifying this point once and for all. And they put it on record, and yet people are not reading it and do not believe it to this very day. And so he said, that they have been informed about you, which is actually misinformation, that you are teaching that the Jews should forsake Moses. And when you go to the Messianic movements today, some of them, actually uh, an awful lot of them, are teaching those very things. Supposedly that the Apostle Paul taught those things, that they have to forsake Moses. And so coming from a background of uh, oftentimes no religious upbringing in Judaism and the law of God and the Torah of God and here come uh, oftentimes uh, Protestant preachers who have been taught all these lies all their lives and believe that they are true and they try to convert the Jews and the, you know sell them those very lies and the Jews that come having no background in the Torah accept it and so they too think that uh, Moses is basically done away with we're not a new entity God put down Israel and he picked up the church and we're not under the same theology. And the Old Testament is done away with. And we just live by grace. Not all of them believe that, but there are too many of them. 
who believe this very lies to this very day. And here it is. We're not speaking about uh, Israelites who don't even know that they are. We're talking about Jews. So that's how far these lies were going and uh, entering into the church since the days of old, 2,000 years so, uh, story. And so, he said they're being informed that you are uh, telling the Jews to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children nor walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet. In other words, the congregation, assembly. Kehillah. So they will hear, and it's not it's saying the church, but the Kehillah. In other words, the, the word church came later on, and so they applied it to everything. And yet, a congregation in a certain place is called Kehillah. But the entirety of the body is called uh, the, the body of witnesses, the Edah. And this is the language that they use all the time. But of course, as time goes by and languages change, people take it for granted that everybody was using the word church, that the apostle called the, the entirety of the, the body of Christ as the, the church of God, which he didn't. He called them Adat El, the body of witnesses of El, the same terminology God gave to his own people in Egypt. Once he gave them the covenant of the, of the Passover. And so, they say, what then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. In other words, the same rituals that we always had, which are applicable to us, but not applicable to the nations, who are being called now. And so they said, you take uh, them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. That's the Nazarite vow. And those things had nothing to do with the sacrifice of Christ. You know, when people wanted to make a vow to this very day, they can become Nazarites if they wish to. And that law is not, was not done away with. And that's exactly what Christ was trying to explain to the people of his time. Because some began to teach those lies. Well, he's coming and doing away with Moses. He says, no, I'm not doing away with Moses. He says, don't think that I came to do away with the Torah. All the prophets, after all, he's the one that gave it to Moses, to Israel. And he told them to keep it for all their generations. And then in Malachi, he told them very plainly, still, as the God of Israel, he told them, remember the law, remember the Torah of Moses, which I commanded him in Horeb, for all of Israel and the statutes and the judgments. And if you don't, I'll have to bring an utter destruction on the whole earth. And so he said, you know, don't, don't think that I came to do away with the Torah of the prophets. So those things were not done away with. And the apostles never taught, were never being taught by Christ, never taught others, Otherwise, or contrary to what Jesus Christ said, and Paul never taught otherwise either, but people were lying about Paul since he was going among the Gentiles and the Jews that he was doing those things, doing away with the law of Moses. And he was not. And so that's exactly what they are showing to the entirety of the congregation. And there are, and there are those ignoramuses calling themselves theologians in the, in the many churches, you know, that came out of the, out of the, of the Revelation 17 church. And they think that Paul here, because they believe the lies that the law of Moses was done away with, they think that Paul is just going along with these things, and in essence some of them are even calling him a hypocrite. But on one hand, he's teaching against the law of Moses, which he didn't. Those are lies. And then on the other hand, he's keeping the law of Moses just to uh, carry favor you know, with, with, the, with the Jews, so to speak, in, in Jerusalem. And that's another lie. And that's what happens when people believe lies, and they think that it is truth. And to this very day, there are people who believe these things. 
And so here the scripture makes it very plain. The Holy Spirit makes it very plain. God is making it very plain. Jesus Christ is making it very plain. The disciples are making it very plain. The apostles of Christ. And yet, people are still going astray and believing lies. Because they would rather believe lies not having the love of the truth in them. And fortunately and tragically, there are those in our midst who believe the same lies. And are teaching them also to others. And so he says to you in verse 24, You take, take them, take those... Jews and be purified with them. You see? So you can show everybody you've never forsaken that. And he's not playing games here. He's doing it because he teaches the Torah of Moses, which he calls holy and righteous and pure and spiritual. And he's not a hypocrite, as some call him to be, because they themselves are, are deceived. And so he says, You pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that all may know. All, all in the Jewish community, all in the body of Christ, all in the church of God, which is the commonwealth of Israel, both converted and unconverted, so that all may know, because you see, it's oftentimes the unconverted that were coming among the brethren who were teaching these lies, not the converted among them. And yet the converted were being unsettled by that, thus they had the Holy Spirit, but yet all were the body of Christ. All were the people of God. All were the church of God. Some were, you know, with the Holy Spirit, and the majority were not yet, but they will be. And so he said, so that all may know, both Jew who is spiritual and non-spiritual, that is converted or not converted, and all Gentiles too, for all generations to come to this very moment, so that all may know. And uh, that those things of which they are informed concerning you are nothing. In other words, they're all a bunch of lies. But that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the Torah. Not did away with it, not taught against it, not taught a new religion called Christianity, not become, becoming, you know, a, a, the founder of a new religion. You see, all those lies continued to be perpetuated based on this lies, where they thought that he was teaching against the law, that he came and brought a new religion. And so the entirety of the religion is based on lies. And that's why God calls it the great whore, and the harlots, and the wine of the wrath of the fornications of these churches. And we must come out of it. And too many of us are going back to it, thinking, well, it's okay to go mainstream. And they don't realize what they are doing. And so it says, but concerning verse 25, the Gentiles who believe... We have written decided that they should observe no such thing. In other words, uh, some of these rituals that were applicable only to Israel being the wife of God were not applicable to those who were not of the covenant of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and then Moses because God purified them by faith and they were not uh, hard-headed and, and stiff-necked and rebellious so they were willing to circumcise their hearts, therefore God does not impose it on them, as would have been with the children of Israel, with the people of Israel, with the church of God in the wilderness. Had they not been rebellious and stiff-necked, many of these things would not have been imposed upon them. And again, at the same time, since the Gentiles are not required to be circumcised, not being physical descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Therefore, they didn't have to worry about coming into the temple. Because they had, didn't have to worry about coming into the temple, they did not have to circumcise. But their hearts must be circumcised. So circumcision was still there. wasn't done away with. 
just in their case, they were required to be in the same type of circumcision that Abraham had before he was circumcised 25 years later. That is, to be spiritually circumcised. And so, when time went by from Abraham to Israel to uh, these days, uh, obviously people forgot certain things, certain details, and became an issue for some. But it was resolved when the brethren understood the way God worked to begin with from Abraham, not only in their day. So it wasn't something new. And so that's what they're saying concerning the Gentiles who believe we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from the things offered to idols from blood and from, the spa- uh, from things strangled and from sexual immorality. And some people think, aha, see, having no background, no context, uh, all the Gentiles have to do is just these few things and totally forget about the law. That's not what he's talking about here. This is not what James is, is, is teaching here. This is not what Peter is speaking about. This is not what Paul taught. All must obey the Torah. But there are certain, there are part of the Torah that is also called Torah, the Gentiles were not under certain rituals. You see? But as for the rest, they had to keep that. That's the reason why they were going to the synagogue and continue to go to the synagogue. And that's why they, the teachers that they had that were all Jews taught them the Torah. You see? But as... It, you know, as uh, uh, it concerns the Torah of the rituals, this is where the decision was made. They don't have to do those things. But as for the rest, they did. And the reason why I specify these this matters of uh, things offered to idols, because that was an issue at the time. Not because this is the only thing the Gentiles should keep and forget about all the rest. And so you see, to this very day, there are people who are, who are ignorant were uninformed, were unlearned, and they don't understand it, and they don't understand the context, and they don't read the whole story, and they believe these kind of things to this very day. Gentiles shouldn't worry at all about the Torah, only about a few little things here. And they think that's a religion. Yet God commanded all of Israel, he says, he says don't think that I came to do with the Torah and the prophets. And he's not speaking only about Israel, he's speaking about all the nations of the earth. He's going to make all of them come to Jerusalem and learn the Torah, as the Torah shall go forth out of Jerusalem, you know, and uh, the, that is the Torah out of Zion and the word of, of the Lord from Jerusalem, and all nations of the earth shall come. They shall keep the Feast of Tabernacle, they shall keep the Feast of Passover, and all the others that God wants them to keep, and all the other laws of Israel, and they shall keep the Sabbath. Nothing was done away with, except the part of the Torah that is not applicable to the brethren, uh, that are not from the body of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and were not a part of the covenant. And so that's in essence what he's telling them. And so when now Paul finds himself in front of a, a, a group of the Sanhedrin, Pharisees and Sadducees, after he was taken uh, from the temple, where some of them thought that he brought uncircumcised people, well, this is again what he's dealing with, because they too were confused. And so he's seizing on an item that he knows that Pharisees would side with him who were the majority and were more in, you know, more uh, in control of the religious system than the Sadducees were because they were only a, a temple-oriented uh, group and that basically was their sphere of influence only related to the temple but not with the community as much as the Pharisees were at this time. And so Paul again, as we go back to chapter 23, when he stands before these people that are bringing him to find out what it is that he's teaching. 
And based on that, they were going to judge him. And so this is what he tells them in verse 6, when, uh, that he's not contrary to the law. He's a keeper of the law. He's just like them. And there is no, nothing wrong with the done with the temple or anything else. So in verse 6 it says to them, but when Paul, well we read in verse 6, but when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren. And they were all men and brethren. It's not just a, an official introduction. They were his own brethren. Because they were all church members. Just not converted. Not yet. Yet many of them became. There were many, many thousands of them, of free of priests, of Pharisees, who were converted. But conversion does not mean switching from Judaism to Christianity. You see? Conversion means that you were a member of the body of Christ before that in the flesh. And now you are becoming a member of the body of Christ in the spirit. Because Christ is the God of Israel. That's what Paul later on has to explain to the Gentiles who were ignorant. And he told them, you are ignorant. You don't understand. That our fathers, children of Israel... The church of God, the body of witnesses, are the ones that first followed Christ. As I told them in chapter 10 of the book of Corinthians, in verse 1 to 4, they were the first Christians. They came out of Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea, they were baptized unto Moses in the water and the clouds, they ate that spiritual food, they drank that spiritual drink, and they followed the spiritual ark who was Christ. They were the first Christians. You see? So they were all the church of God. And they were called the church of God, the people of God, the sons of God. Those are not new terminologies. Only they were in the flesh. Didn't have the Holy Spirit, with the exception of some of them who were converted. You know? Converted means when you have the Holy Spirit and you're living by it and you're led into truth and you're walking by it. That's what conversion means. It does not mean switching religions. Uh, at least, not for the Israelites. And so Paul is telling, speaking to his own people, who did not have the Holy Spirit yet, he says, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee. Not I used to be, but I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. In other words, the main issue here is not circumcision, all the other things that you heard or you didn't hear. The main problem here between us and you why we believe in Christ and have received the Holy Spirit and you do not is because of the resurrection of the dead. In specific, obviously, speaking about Jesus Christ. And so, cleverly, he picked up on an issue that was a, a created anyway, great contention between the Pharisees and the Sadducees because the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. And the Pharisees did. So he knew they would be on his side and that, that was one way we could uh, continue to speak to them and be free from uh, this predicament. And so in verse 7, when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And that's exactly what he knew will happen. That's why he did it. And said what he did. And the assembly was divided. That is the congregation, the group, the kahal, kehilah. In other words, assembly means when you assemble. And from that word comes kehilah for a congregation. In English, as for the word church, that's ecclesia. Uh, that has a different connotation because that means several things. Either the small group or the entirety of the group. Uh, later on it became for the building itself. And yet all those terminologies are not what God gave to his people when he wanted to talk to uh, about his people in, term, in the terms of the religious connotation that he gave them as he made them a nation, a people, 
a body of uh, spiritual witnesses. He called them Edam. But that's what happens when languages uh, are different and time goes by and people forget what was the origin of everything. And so that's what he told them and they became divided because of that. And the reason is, verse 8, for the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit. In other words, they didn't believe in the spirit world. The concept was, this is it. And you have to serve God, and that's all you can expect for, and you shouldn't ask for anything beyond that. And obviously, that was because of the rejection of all the writings that came after Moses, where they talked about the resurrection, especially the prophets. You see, in the, in the, in the, in the first five books, uh, there was very little spoken about the resurrection, and so they were not... Uh, informed. In other words, these Sadducees did not really follow God as they should have, or else they would have continued uh, to follow God and continue to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as it was in the prophets, that was the Spirit of Christ that spoke to them and illuminated them and uh, added more knowledge and understanding where it wasn't before as it should have been. And their concept of resurrection was just a physical one, where a person dies like Elisha and he, you know, he resurrects someone. That's the only concept of resurrection. But they did not believe in a resurrection to come for all mankind. And so, in verse 9, then there arose a loud outcry, and the scribes of the Pharisees' party arose and protested, saying, We find no evil in this man. They're making, you know, they make it very plain. Uh, whatever theology he was teaching, whatever teachings he was giving to the Jewish communities who were accepting it, listening to it, and therefore receiving the Holy Spirit, and now serving the Christ which they served all their lives from the days of Egypt, because it was Christ that they followed. Now they understand that he also is the one that came in the flesh. So it's the same personality. They're not serving a new God now. They're not converting from the God of the Old Testament to the God of the New Testament. It's the same God that dealt with them on a personal basis and married them. You see? And so, as far as that theology that was being preached at the time, the Jews that were open-minded and were not envious, they had no problem understanding it. And those that uh, were inclined followed, and those that God was adding uh, received the Holy Spirit and became a part of the, of the body of Christ, spiritual body of Christ, were before and still are they're the physical body of Christ. And that's basically what we find here. And the first is, couldn't find any difference between the teachings of Paul and their own teachings. And that's the reason why at the time, for a long time, the Jews didn't think that this is a new religion. It's when the Gentiles entered into the congregation and multiplied and began to, to totally pervert the religion of God and, and, you know, speak many lies and claim that everything is done away with, and we've got new religion, and a new God, and new this, and a new that. That's when the Jews got pretty upset and wanted to make a total separation between themselves and what they thought was the church, which was not. That was a counterfeit church they were dealing with. But in their overzeal, they lumped everybody together. And yet many of them continued for a few generations, for two, three, four centuries, continued among those who followed Christ and believed in Christ and had the Spirit to fellowship in the synagogue. They never thought that they, that's something they should uh, uh, not do anymore. Nobody told them they shouldn't do it anymore. It's just if, if you're being persecuted in the synagogue, that was the instruction by Christ. Well, go somewhere else. But if you are not, this is the body of Christ. These are the people of God. This is where they worship God. Continue to go there. There's nothing wrong with that. And yet people got so confused about it that to this 
very day they believe in those lies and uh, those who think that today going to the synagogue is a sin. Well, that's unlearned people, ignorant people who don't really know because they've been taught lies and they grew up in those lies and they think they're true. And so they go about uh, saying those kind of things. The apostles were not under this understanding. They knew better. The church for four centuries knew better. And that's why the Catholic Fathers, when they wrote the history of uh, what they thought was heretics, they called them the Nazarenes, they said that those Nazarenes are doing everything exactly like the Jews, as Jerome did, and, and others wrote about it in the, in the third and the fourth century. He said they do exactly like the Jews. And the only difference between them and the Jews is that they believe in Christ. And that's exactly what, what was the difference. And that's exactly what the Pharisees are seeing here. You know, we don't see any difference between what we teach, what we believe, and what he does. You see, speaking about the basics of the teachings of the Torah, or the prophets. Because they didn't think it was a new religion. And that was exactly what they were saying, and that's exactly how people felt about, about the people who followed Christ. And that's the reason why they allowed them, and they didn't see any problem about that, to continue to go to the temple. And that's why they continued to go to the temple, and James did, to the end of his life. And the apostles and the, and, the, and the disciples continued to be there until the, the destruction of the temple. And otherwise, uh, later on, if they were not either there or when the temple was no longer there, they continued to go to the synagogue. They didn't see any difference. It's only when they were being persecuted. That was the only time when they separated. It's not that they were going you know, into another religion and therefore they had to separate. And that's the reason for the first uh, century, uh, that uh, when the century was over, and the curtains were lifted, now you saw two distinct groups. On one side you saw the Jewish community and the brethren that followed Jesus Christ who had the Holy Spirit, were all Jews, and some were not, and yet they all followed the Torah. They were on one hand, and they became known now as the false church when they were the true one. And on the other hand, you see the Gentile churches and all the lies that they had. At that point there was only one church, and then they were splitting east, uh, religions and Western religions and uh, Syria they had their own and Egypt their own and they were having you know all those uh, divisions among them but they were all false churches and it the people that retained the Torah remained with the Jewish community fellowshiped with them went to the synagogue with them and so many places where they were being persecuted well naturally they had to go somewhere else and gather among themselves but not because they were separate religions or different religions and this is what an awful lot of people don't understand. In it, the Bible makes it very clear. And here it is, throughout the book of Acts. And during the ministry of Jesus Christ, his people continued to go to the temple and to the synagogue. And so, that's how this matter came to an end, in essence, what the Pharisees says. Then there arose, in verse 9, then there arose a loud outcry, and the scribes, Oh, the Pharisees' party arose and protested, saying, We find no evil in this man. I mean, in other words, no evil in his teachings. No evil in this, uh, in this beliefs that all these people have, who call themselves now the followers of Christ, Messianic. You see, there isn't anything wrong with that. Those things came later. When there were, you know, lies spread on both sides. And the Jewish community believed those lies. Paul did away with the religion of Moses, which he did not. But the Jews that knew better, they didn't believe those lies. And that's why they did not uh, persecute uh, the brethren who were among them, who believed in Christ. Because they didn't see anything, any difference between them 
and themselves. All the teachings were the same. And so they said, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, what does it mean a spirit or an angel? An angel is a spirit. But a spirit is speaking by the spirit of God. You see, they knew that God speaks to his people now and then. In those days they used to call it a bat kol, which means a daughter of a voice. In other words, when they would hear a voice but not see the person, they knew it's from God. So they called it a spirit. And they were referring to an angel as an angel. They're all spirit beings, and to a spirit they refer to God. That was the common terminology at the time. That's why you see Paul and others referring to Christ as the Holy Spirit, or at other times to the Father, because they were a spirit. And this is what they are saying here. But if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. You see? And so, much of the persecution that was happening at the time was not because they defied the teachings of the disciples, which were no different than their own teachings, but because of envy. Because of envy. But here it is, a new leader, and he's not following us, and people are following him, they don't follow us, so we're losing power. It was not a matter of theology. It was a matter of politics, of power, of covetousness, of authority and fame and, and influence, uh, over the brethren and followers. And those things have not changed to this very day because we suffer from the same kind of a spirit in our midst. And that's why the congregation, you know, the leaders of the, the, the different groups, not churches, they're not churches, they're congregations. You know, and they have sub-congregations. They're not churches, the churches, you know, it's a totally separate uh, religion in essence, in, in its full sense. And so they like followers after themselves. And because of envy, they are not going to work together. And they would speak evil against one another. And they would tell the disciples, you don't follow this one and that guy. You know, you just come to me and give me your money. And be under my control. And things have not changed since, that, since the days of old. And so this matter was being solved, at least at this point, for Paul. But you can see here, this was an infighting, so to speak, a squabble, a quarrel within the Church of God of which Paul and others were the spiritual and the rest were not. But all church of God, all recognized one another. You know, with the exception of the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, but they too didn't see any, any difference between them and uh, otherwise and the brethren that followed Jesus Christ. That's the reason why they continued to come to the temple. That's the reason why many of them became also followers of Jesus Christ. You see? But if you read this history of the church from the point of view of the Catholic Church or the Protestant churches, or even many of us who have been deceived by those lies, you get a totally different picture. But if you read it from the point of view of God, the way he wrote his history of the church, his own church, his own people, body of witnesses, his own Eda, Adat El, you see, the body of witnesses of God, he said, you are my witnesses, then you get totally different flavor. And some people get, getting confused on both sides, that people today were going to Messianism and this and that and the other thing, and they constantly talk about the Jewish roots and the Jewish Hebrew roots and this roots and those roots and the other roots. And so this is not the issue. We're not talking about Jews. We're talking about the religion of God. We're talking about the religion that Jesus Christ brought from the Father. You see, the Father is not Jewish and Christ is not Jewish. Christ is the God of Israel. Oh, he came in the flesh and was born to a Jewish woman. You see, but that's on a temporary basis. He's the God of Israel. And he went back to that divinity and he's sitting on the throne of God. And that's why Paul said, we no longer now know Jesus Christ 
as in the flesh. See, he's no longer in the flesh. When he came in the flesh, yes, he was a Jew. But he's not a Jew now. He's the God of Israel, the creator of the whole universe. And you have to think about it from that point of view. So some people are, uh, you know, in, in essence, inventing a new religion, a Jewish religion, uh, within the body of Christ. And it shouldn't be that way. We're all serving the Father, and with him there is no any race, any ethnicity, or whatever it may be. And we're serving his Son, Jesus Christ, our God, our Creator, our soon-coming husband. And we have to understand, yes, he came from the son of David, as the son of David, from the house of Judah, royal house of Judah, born to a Jewish woman, you see. But that's a role that he's playing for a temporary period of 33 years, more or less. And that's the end of it. Now we know him no more, according to the flesh, as the Apostle Paul makes very plain. We know him according to the Spirit. And so he's the Lord, and the Lord of all the earth, and the God of the whole the earth, the whole earth. And he's not the Jewish God, he's God. You see, he's Jehovah, he's the Eternal, the Lord of hosts. And so we should direct our worship toward him in that manner, and not try to appropriate him as a Jew, or is a Jewish God. He's not a Jewish God. And people, when they do not, as I said, when they do not study the history of the people of God from the point of view of God, the way he wrote it, you know, they, they get into all these kind of uh, ideas, all kind of ideas like that. And that's the reason why others who don't like this kind of ideas, they say, well, you know, we, we don't like it to Judaize the religion, you know, of Christ. And they can't live in peace together, uh, unfortunately. So let's go now to uh, chapter 24 of uh, the book of Acts in verse 10, where we read, Then Paul, after the governor had nodded him to speak, in other words, he was taken to Caesarea there, later after Jerusalem, uh, because obviously the matter could not be decided at this point, where he met before the, Sanhed the Sanhedrin, that is the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and so he was taken to Caesarea because uh, the governor had to keep an order and uh, they charged him with a crime and he could not uh, prove anything. And so he said, well, I don't know what to do with it. That is, uh, the one that was in charge in Jerusalem, so he sent him to the governor in uh, Caesarea. This is where he dwelt, not in Jerusalem. And so when he stood before him, it's, uh, we read here, then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, answered, inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, speaking about the entirety of uh, not only uh, the people of uh, Judah, but all the, all the Samaritans and others. This government, governor was from the Roman uh, emperor in charge of this, of this whole area. And so he says, you know, I know that you've been around here, so you really know what's happening here. So he says, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because you may ascertain that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. You see, he's going up to Jerusalem to worship in, in what is called at the time the Jewish temple. It's the temple of God. But the mere fact that he goes there, he shows you very plainly. He's not a founder of a new religion, and he's not leading his disciples to go to uh, somewhere else. They all continue to go to the synagogue or the temple, wherever they could. And so he went to Jerusalem to worship. Because that's what a, a servant of Jesus Christ would do. And a servant of Jesus Christ in those days would go to a synagogue. And the servant of Jesus Christ today, well, we find ourselves in a different uh, situation. Two thousand years went by, and yet it does not mean that if you go to a synagogue uh, to worship and they don't believe in Christ, that you are in a, in a horrible uh, predicament or you are sinning, no more than those who went to the temple at that time, including the apostles, 
and the disciples for four centuries at least, and probably uh, in some places to this very day, the people that got called gave the Holy Spirit, but they were members of the Jewish community, and they continue to be that way. And so, they went to the temple, they offered sacrifices, and they knew full well that the majority there do not believe in Jesus Christ. That did not make it as sinful than to be there and fellowship among them and worship God. Because that's what you go to do there. You go there to worship God. You see? And you do it to this very day. If you go there to worship God and what they do is not contrary to God, and because if you go to the synagogue, you find out that basically they copied the temple service or the services of the synagogue at the time where Christ himself would have gone through the same process when he went to the synagogue of the apostles. And there is no more anything wrong about it today than it was in those days. So people had to be reoriented to, to think properly about it. Uh, on the other hand, if you have brethren that you can get together with, uh, after all, you're talking about a different situation today where we're not all Jews, so it's a different story for the Jewish community. Then you gather you know, with the brethren, and obviously then you can speak about Christ because everybody believes in Christ. But when you realize that Christ is the God of Israel, then you have to understand it from that point of view. The Jews, yet yeah, they don't know that he is the one that came in the flesh. But Paul makes it very plain. He is the same Christ. Yesterday, today, and forever. He is Christ in the wilderness. He is Christ who brought them out of Egypt. He is Christ who married them. And he is the Christ who spoke through the prophets. And he is Christ who came in the flesh. And he is Christ that we worship. And the Jews worship the same Christ. They just don't know that he is the one that came in the flesh. And that's the difference. And people don't get that. Even those who think that they know the truth. And even themselves, you know, the Jews themselves don't know that they are worshiping Christ. Because they do not understand that he came in the flesh. And yet that's the same being they worship. The God of Israel, the husband of Israel. And so, this is what Paul is uh, saying to the, to the governor here. That I came to Jerusalem to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone or inciting the crowd. Either in the synagogues or in the city. Well, you went to the synagogues and you went to the temple. That's where the, the, the servants of Jesus Christ were meeting. Where else would they meet? You see? Those were people of God. The whole community was the people of God. Just some were converted. That means had the Spirit and others didn't. But all are church of God. And that's something was not understood by the pagan churches that became the so-called Christian you know, church. And those who came out of it, and some of us who came out of that, don't get that either, as we should. But the entirety of the community was the church of God. The some received the Holy Spirit and the others didn't yet. But they will. Paul said, they will. Don't worry about it. All Israel will be saved. Just a matter of time. So the old church of God. And so he says, I didn't do any of that other in the temple or in the synagogues. Nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way, the way, that's the name of the religion, not a new religion I invented and I call it Christianity, and I'm the founder of it, or Christ is the founder of it. The way, the same way that David walked in, and Moses walked in, and Abraham, and all the prophets, and the servants of God, and the Jews who walk in the way. So he says, but this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, that's all they did. They just called him, well, you're a different sect. You know, there's a Sadducee sect, and there is a Essene sect, and a John sect, and this sect, and that sect, and that's all it was to them. It wasn't another religion, just another sect. And so it says, according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers. 
the living all things which are written in the Torah and in the prophets. You see, that's the reason why there was no difference between the two of them. The son had a better understanding. In other words, the law was magnified to them by Jesus Christ. But it's still the same religion. I know two religions here. And so he says in verse 15, I have hope in God, in Elohim, which they themselves also accept. So we all worship the same, in the same way that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both all the just and the unjust. You see, with the exception of the Sadducees, who didn't believe in that. But the majority of the community of Israel did. And so this being so, I myself always, always strive to have conscience without offense toward God and man. Now, after many years, I came to bring alms and offerings, think, to my nation. See? That's why he came to Jerusalem, to bring an alms and offerings to his nation, his people, the priests, who were in the temple, to Israel. It's one people. At the end of his ministry, he's still saying, this is my people, my nation, my church. Oh, yes, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Some don't believe. But we're all one people. There's never been a separation or division there. There are not two religions, two theologies. And yet people don't get it, even though they read the history of the church from his God recorded it by servants. And so it says, This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. Verse 16 and 17. Now after many years, I came to bring alms and offerings to my nation, to Israel, to Judah, to the temple, to the Sadducees, to the priests, to the Levites and in the midst of which some Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with a tumult. See, it's all the church of God. And they ought to have been here before you to object if they had anything against me, or else let those who are here themselves say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stood before the council. In other words, I didn't preach anything that was a heresy, didn't do anything wrong. We all have the same religion, so really, I have no reason to uh, have me in this predicament. It's just a matter of politics and envy, that's all it is, and confusion and misinformation and ignorance, and the lie that somebody just spread while he brought in uncircumcised into the temple. So that was the issue, but the religion was all the same for both of them. And the Pharisees acknowledged that. We don't see anything, any, any, any problem with this guy, you know, any, or his teaching, we don't see anything evil in what he does. And so they're not forbidding from continuing to go to the synagogues and the temple and all that. Uh, for that matter, all the rest of the brethren. And so verse 21, he says, Unless it is for this one statement, which I cried out, standing among them concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged by you this day. And that's the only issue, he says. That's really the only issue. But I believe in Christ, and they don't. I believe in the resurrection of Christ, and they don't. Otherwise, we all have the same religion. We're all the same people. And for that... They shouldn't condemn me because that's not something that is a heresy. They too believe in the resurrection of the dead. They just don't understand that Christ is the one that is the God of Israel that came in the flesh and died and was resurrected. So that's the only issue that they had to deal with at the time. And so, verse 22, But when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, you see, he knew the religion of Israel, the religion of Judah, that's called the way, and the apostles make very plain and make a point to constantly call the name of the religion the way. Not Christianity, not the Christian religion, not Christendom, not all these foolish things that people invented, you know, all kind of names that they come up with, which are not of God. 
Christ never called, uh, asked anyone to, to, to use those names or call him by that name or uh, call his religion by that name and Paul never did it's all the way both Jews who were converted and Jews who were not converted continue to call it the way that's the only way God gave that's the name that God gave his religion and so it will be when he comes back again it will be in the way and so he says he who had more knowledge that is Felix who had more accurate knowledge of the way he adjourned the proceedings and said when Lysias the commander comes down that is the one from Jerusalem that apprehended Paul and I will make a decision on your case and so we continue in chapter 25 and uh, verse 8 and we read here and while he answered for himself neither that is Paul when he appeared now before uh, again the second time before the governor and the Jews came down and Lysias came down and so he's answering for himself why and while he answered for himself neither against the Torah of the Jews you know which was the Torah of Moses nor against the temple nor against Caesar have I offended in anything in anything at all you see whatever he did there was not contrary to the Torah and here at this point we're not speaking about the Torah of the rabbis that's a different thing different issue people mix the whole thing together and they get confused we're speaking about now about the Torah of Moses and that is exactly what the Jews were keeping and their own also additions and so I said I haven't offended against anything that had to do with the Torah that the Jews believed in and uh, verse 9 but Festus wanting to do the Jews a favor answered Paul and said are you are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before the, the you know in other words before me concerning these things and obviously before the Sanhedrin well Paul obviously was not going for that because he knew that it was all politics and that's the reason he refused and then we continue the story in verse 26 26 I'm in mean chapter 26 because now Agrippa the king enters into the picture and so verse 1 then Agrippa said to Paul you are permitted to speak for yourself so Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself I think myself happy king Agrippa because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I'm accused by the Jews especially because you are expert in all the customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Well, at this point we should stop, and uh, this is Mordecai Joseph again, saying greetings to all of God's people until next time. The preceding message was taken from the World Wide Website at address www.biblestudy.org. This site is sponsored by Barnabas Ministries. Bible Study. You have questions? The Bible 